You're listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. And now, your hosts, Brandon and Jimmy. And hello, I'm Brandon. And this is Jimmy. And this is Almost Got Him, the podcast about Batman the Animated Series. And we are back for another exciting episode. Well, it depends what your definition of exciting is, because um, this is basically just two men literally gushing for however however long this is going to be about one specific cartoon from, what, 30 years ago? Yes, uh, 29, I believe, uh, 1992. Is that how far we're going back, 92? Well, there's, the internet is about hot takes, and, um, there are really no hot takes in this uh, this next episode. This one, you're just going to hear us fangirling the entire time because this is one of the best episodes of any cartoon in the history of ever. You can't tell me differently. This is an Emmy-winning episode. It's up there. Any list as far as Batman the Animated Series, this is up there. And for us, it definitely is. So if you're looking for some sort of... Um, hot take? Uh, yes, you're not going to get it. You're going to get two grown men who just love a cartoon this that is, was made. This could be show. our love letter to the episode we're doing today, which is Heart of Ice. That is correct. Heart, heart of Ice. Heart of Ice? Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice. Not Hearts on Fire. Heart. Not Hearts on Fire. That's a, uh, is that John Ritter? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also a song from Rocky Four. Now, is that the one where he dies uh, and then they have to continue on without him in the show? No, that's Eight Simple Rules. That's Eight Simple Rules. Okay, yes. for dating, dating your teenage daughter? Yeah, it has Harley Quinn in it. We're Margot Robbie? Oh, no, K- Kelly Cuoco, who does the voice of oh, Harley right, Quinn right, 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 in right, right. the HB, now HBO Max series. I did not realize this. She's pretty great. I wasn't up on my Eight Simple Rules. Of, she, is she the teenage daughter? Yeah, she was oh. like 15 or 16 at the time. You know what I like about that show is that John Ritter was acting with his real-life wife. No, he was with uh, Katie Seagal. Oh, it's Katie Seagal. Oh, I'm thinking of the Problem Child film. That's Problem Child. That's, that's problem where child. he met his wife. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I actually I, didn't know that. I can't think of her name, but I was always a big fan of her. She was in some Mel Brooks films. Were you a big fan of the Problem Child series? I know, I've only seen two of them, I think. This feels like a huge left turn. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, because We're, we want some kind of hot take. Before uh, This is our Problem Child hot take. It's not really much <laughs> hot take, but it's hotter than anything else you hear in this episode because this this is going to be the most the coolest episode. Oh, stone cold, stone cold episode of almost got him a Batman the animated series podcast. So where do we start with this? We're, There's so much to talk about. We're, we'll start with like the basics, like Heart of Ice, which is the episode we're covering today. It aired September seventh, nineteen ninety two. Like as we said earlier, that's almost twenty nine years ago. It's pretty unbelievable that it's been that long, but. It still holds up today. It's uh, directed by Bruce Tim, who we talk about a lot on this show. And it's written by Paul Denny, which is this is the first episode directed by Bruce Tim and written by Paul Denny. And it is a doozy. You know, Paul Denny is, is synonymous with Batman the Animated Series, but I recently learned his name is also synonymous with the Ewok show. Yes, the Ewok animated show that you can now find on Disney+. Plus. Let's go ahead and insert that amazing, amazing theme song, E-E-E-Walks. I will not because I hate it. And you know, I will look for any excuse to insert some old crap, but I will not insert insert the Ewoks. I will, in fact, insert the droids theme. And I'm back. Well, that's a good theme. Much better than either way they were You know, Ewok Season 2 has a different theme, too. That's right. But again, I'm not going to go there. Dini also did some He-Man. He did all kinds of 
He was uh, he was one of those uh, a taskmaster as far as doing all kinds of uh, animated shows in the eighties and nineties, and of course Tiny Toons, which we talked about in great deal on our pilot episode. Yes, yes, seminal, podcast. seminal to um, to much uh, like the Bruce Timm. Yes, yeah, this is like Bruce Timm and Paul Denny are the dream team of uh, Batman the animated series, in my opinion. If you've got those two, you probably got yourself a classic episode. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Now, this particular episode has won quite a few awards. Um, World's Finest website gave named this the very best episode of the entire run of the series. And also, Wizard Magazine, which if you read comics in the 90s, Wizard Magazine was what you went to for all your comic news. Back then, you couldn't go on to, like, CBR or uh, Screen Rant to get all, all your up-and-coming, you know, news facts. You had to buy an issue of Wizard at the end of each month to find out what was coming up. They picked uh, Heart of Ice as the best episode of the entire series as well. I think at some point we'll, um, once we get these episodes down, we'll probably start getting to a point where we can sort of list ours, and we'll have our own kind of list as far as that's concerned. But I, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be on our both of our lists as well. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler. It's going to be number one or two for me. And this could be tipping the hat for me, but seeing this as a 12 or 13-year-old um, with who had, I love the crow, and I had vengeance on my mind. Uh, so Mr. Freeze uh, is a villain that really, like, Scratch me where I had an itch. And we'll probably talk about that more as we come along. Yeah, I was like six or seven. I didn't quite have vengeance on my mind at the time. Oh, I did. I was a teenager, <laughs> man. I was ven- it was it was a grunge filled time and I was just like, Yeah. You have you avenge your wife, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Victor Freeze, Victor Fries. Fun fact, uh, they didn't start naming him Victor Freeze until this very episode. Like in the comics, he was not named from. Victor Freeze. It came from Heart of Ice. At one point, Mr. Zero? Oh yeah, yeah. I think so, we'll probably get to the get to those kind of facts as we go. Yeah, through. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get there, but yes, yeah. he did debut as Mr. Zero back in uh, Batman one twenty one, which I believe was the year nineteen fifty five. Yeah, he was created by Dave Wood and Sheldon Moldoff, and he was named Mr. Zero at the time. But guess where he got his name, Mr. Freeze, from? Get ready to take a drink. Well, if it's I'm, I'll take this because yeah, that's why I'm handing it off to you, like the baton. That you absolutely love. That's right. I believe that was coined by Batman 66. It was. It was. That's correct. Yes. Take it for your first shot of many, because uh, I tend to be the guy that goes to back to 66 constantly. And we'll, we'll go back we'll, there as we as we go through this. Since that's where it's... It's a fun such, road to travel down. Such ties with the version of the character that uh, that we see here. Now, this episode's not the only one that uh, where we get the Victor Freeze name for the first time. This is also the first episode with Nora Freeze. Like, her entire character was created mm-hmm. for the show. Right. This whole origin was created for the show. The origin in the comic was much different. In the comic, he was like... I believe he was a mad scientist who was just making a freeze gun and he made a miscalculation and it backfired to where he mm-hmm. had to wear a suit to maintain his like sub-zero temperatures to live. And he was just this really kind of zany bad guy. Like at the time this episode aired, the Mr. Freeze character was actually dead in the comics. But not long after this came out, everyone loved it so much they brought him back in the comics and they gave him this Nora Freeze, uh, Victor Freeze origin story. One thing that I thought was really cool with this episode, Bruce Tim came up with the idea that Freeze barely escaped dying from the chirogenic experiment gone wrong. And uh, Bruce Tim considers Mr. Freeze, in a way, dead. That's why he doesn't really fear death or have, or have any emotion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a really cool take on the character. So uh, Mr. Freeze in this show is, about, is portrayed by Michael and Sarah. Uh, Michael and Sarah is Syrian. 
And for quite some time, he was married to Barbara Eden, actually. I Dream of Jeannie? Yes. He oh, was I didn't know that. Well. He uh, became uh, known and gained his fame from starring in the Broken Arrow TV series from 1956. Mm-hmm. No, not the movie starring John Travolta and Christian Slater. Not that. But it, that's where the movie kind of came from with that series. Uh, he also played the Klingon Commander Kang in Star Trek The Original Series, as well as Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And Zara unfortunately passed away in 2013 at the age of 91 due to complications with Alzheimer's. Did he always do the voice? They brought him back all, most of the times they did Oh, Mr. for uh, Mr. Freeze? Yes. Yeah, he played the voice uh, multiple times. So one thing that we've kind of mentioned in past episodes, Mr. Freeze does not show up a lot in the show um he shows up here this is what episode technically it's like episode three of Mm -hmm. the actual show he doesn't show up again to like episode 70 i think but michael anzaro is not the only person to play uh mr freeze in you know media outside of the comic books uh in batman 66 there was actually three different actors to portray the most probably of one character yes they had always someone new playing it three episodes Three different Mr. Freezes, I believe. Exactly. The uh, the one that interests me the most, the original, which is George Sanders. Um, yeah. He also did the voice of Shere Khan in the Jungle Book Oh, yeah, he's movie. a great voice. George Sanders, unfortunately, uh, committed suicide. Which, yes. By the way, if you have thoughts of suicide or anything like that, please seek out help. It's not worth it. Uh, Get on Facebook and, and find the number. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we, we, we don't have it here, but we don't have please, it here. please look for it. Um you're this is it. a weird place to... Yeah, I, I feel like I had, I had to do this. It's kind of like a This is a Batman cartoon yeah. podcast. But, but yes, don't kill yourselves. But, but George Sanders has the most unique... Oh, it's the best. Suicide note of all time. Do you have it written down? I have it written okay, down. Okay, it's perfect. I mean, not perfect. No, because you should do never, not you should never write a... Uh, there's no such thing as a perfect suicide letter, but this is as close as you can get. <laughs> Brandon, could you please read it? It's so I good. have it word for word here. He said, Dear world... Now imagine Sher Khan saying this out loud, by the way, too. <laughs> Dear world, I am leaving because I'm bored. I feel I have lived long enough. I am leaving you with your worries in this cesspool. Good luck. That's it. He doesn't even, like, put his name down. That is an interesting letter, to say the least. Uh, the other actors to portray Mr. Freeze back in Batman 66 include... Uh, Otto Priminger and a character actor named uh, Eli Wallach. Yes. Uh, they. Uh, so, yeah, you had three different people playing him in uh, the Batman 66 series. And, of course, when people think of people playing uh, Mr. Freeze, a lot of them tend, will tend to think of Arnold Schwarzenegger from his portrayal in the 1997 camp classic Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode also uh, includes the first appearance of Mark Hamill. On uh, Batman the Animated Series. That's right. And then we'll talk about that in my synopsis. All right. All right. Well, well, why don't we go into the synopsis? Okay. So, we are talking about, we've said this before, but I'll go into Heart of Ice, directed by Bruce Timm, who only directed four episodes of the show. And, of course, written by Paul Dini, who wrote 16 episodes. But this was his first one of the bunch. That is correct. So, right off the bat, we get our first taste of Victor Freeze, establishing the snow globe that later we'll learn is meant to symbolize his wife, Nora Freeze, an indelible image that Schumacher would use years later. So although we don't know the backstory yet, Freeze muses that revenge is a dish best served cold. Perfect intro to this character. You will hear that show. intro again before this episode's over. I yes. assure you that. Yes. So next we're introduced to Gotham reporter Summer Gleason. Uh, her first appearance on... Of she shows on up on a lot of episodes. She does. I did not realize Both that. episodes we're talking today have Summer Gleason. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know. Is this, is there any comic 
I, that's that's a character I haven't really looked into her, but I don't think there is a backstory there. Th this is '90s cartoon trope. So yeah, a lot yeah. of cartoons had a reporter character. Uh, Filmation yeah. Ghostbusters had a reporter character. So it was just a thing they need. We needed a character to come out and, and do some business. Yeah, and kind of connect some plot points. Exactly. And for this case, it was Summer Gleason. Yeah, and she's uh, great. She's great. Summer says it's August and it feels like winter. <laughs> it should be hot, 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 but these crimes are cold, cold, cold. Uh, some guy is running around freezing goth corb. Which sounds, sounds like some kind of hot topic police, the goth corps. <laughs> and the goth corps CEO, Ferris Boyle, says, can't we all just get along? And from syllable one, you already know that this guy is wormy AF. Ferris Boyle is voiced by yet-to-be-seen Joker, Mark Hamill. So at this time, uh, Joker was voiced by Tim Curry. So this was just, I think, I believe, just a one-off for Mark mm -hmm. Hamill originally. And why didn't that work? Why, why did we not see Curry? I know that the laugh was really like getting to his vocal cords. Because um, he would do it repetitive, repetitively and then he would like lose his voice. Mm -hmm. if, it, if it did work out, we would have never gotten Mark Hamill as Joker. And it seems like a good match on paper. Oh, on paper it's yeah. fantastic. And and there is an episode where we actually do hear the Tim Curry Joker laugh actually. Is that right? I didn't know this. What is it? Yeah. Is I it think Joker's favor? I think it's Joker I think it's in Joker's favor. Okay. I'm not sure. It's one of the first couple appearances of Joker. I would think that would be There's it. a robot Joker that shows up and they oh, decide to put uh Tim Curry's laugh in there. It's kind of a like a, a bit of an Easter egg. Because Tim Curry at this point had already recorded I think three episodes. Oh. And Joker's Favor was supposed to be, like, the fourth Joker episode. Mm -hmm. But since uh, Mark Hamill came on, they had to push the other three back and have Mark Hamill re-record. That's why there's quite a few episodes without Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn first appears in Joker's Favor. There's, like, the next three Joker episodes after that, there's no Harley Quinn. Because like the those fish were... one? Is she in the fish one? Uh, that's much later, though. Okay, that's much, much later. later. That's, okay. like, episode 50. Okay. Like oh, that's way down long. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, that's why you don't see Harley because Harley was created specifically for Joker's favorite. Right. So we cut to the Batcave, and Batman is watching a bunch of random objects that Freeze stole on the back computer just suddenly transform themselves into a giant Freeze gun, and he's like, "I know where he's going to strike next. This is the world's greatest detective, man. It I'm is. telling you." Yeah. So Batman is now in pursuit of Freeze, and this is where we really begin to have fun with this character, um, watching him freeze the road and cause the Batmobile to spin out and freezing the garage door and just plowing through it. Never mind exactly how that's supposed to work. Um, but the way they used the freeze gun just captivated me when I was a kid. And it still it's kind of still, it still kind of captivates me at 35 years old. Batman interrupts the heist and one of the henchmen says, it's the Batman. I always love when they say that. Mm -hmm. But then Batman ruins that cool moment by going full on dad joke and saying, freeze. freeze. And uh, he was new the bat dad joke is really Mr. Freeze doing the dad joke there. Well, Freeze kind of saves it because he's like he. Victor uh, kind of saves it. Reader, that's Mister Freeze. Freeze. It's the delivery, which, which is funny because when you think about it, he should be Doctor Freeze, but that's a different story. Oh, that is true. He should be Doctor <laughs> Freeze, but it's definitely a cool comic book moment to be sure. Like the, the character saying their name. It's better than Mister Zero. Exactly. But what about this? Freeze. Freeze is a batarang that's thrown at him, and it crumbles. He freezes the catwalk. It crumbles. He freezes one of his own henchman's legs. Nothing. That's I mean, awesome. come on. That's I choose awesome. violence. I want to see those legs crumble. Why, Brandon? Why don't the legs crumble? Well, it's because censors. That's, that's exactly why. Five, that's it's, why. It's on at five o'clock in the afternoon, and six-year-old Brandon is watching this at the time. He does not need to be traumatized. Can you imagine if this man's legs just crumbled? 
But he leaves them there, which I think is very ballsy. Hardcore. That is, like, once again, it's a kid's show, and he's just like, oh, leave them. And again, I'm 13, I'm like, yeah, you just leave that henchman there. He means nothing to you. <laughs> and I'm just worried about the guy. I just love this character, man, from the very beginning. They're vengeance. So Batman takes the henchman back to Hoth and sticks him in a back-to-tank. And we discover that Batman has the sniffles, laying some pipe for the third act here, which is always a good thing. There's so, a lane cable. Exactly, exactly. So Bruce Wayne is off to grill Ferris Boyle on why Freeze is specifically targeting his companies. And for the middle act of this, we are shown repeatedly that Ferris Boyle is a boil on the ass of all humanity. <laughs> of course he's the reason the accident happened that turned Freeze into what he is and damn near killed his wife in the process. I keep thinking you're about to say Ferris Bueller every time you say his name. Don't kill my joke before we get there. (laughs) Okay. We do not rehearse, by the way. No, not at all. Luckily, there's a depository full of VHS tapes labeled Supervillains Being Made Caught on Tape. So Batman can watch the whole thing happen. This also also happens in the Schumacher film. That happens in a lot of superheroes. And there's always multiple angles. Which that always drives me nuts because I'm just like, it's supposed to be just one camera. Why are there multiple angles? And Bruce Timm points this out. In the commentary in the oh, DVD, yeah. points out what why what is this? Why are there uh, why are there mid angles? Why are there long uh, things? First time you directed this episode. Yes, yes, he did. I would he love did. to see the commentary of this episode. Actually, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Also, and this is important to mention. This is the point in the second act where Alfred hands Batman the chicken soup. Now, I've seen uh, I've said this line a lot when writing things. If someone needs something in the third act, then someone has to give it to them in the second act, and that's called. When Alfred hands Batman the chicken soup. This should be a term all writers use, I feel. Set up, pay off. Very simple, so effective, it's used perfectly here. Even as a kid, I was like, that's so... That's kind of come back. Fancy. Mm -hmm. That's fancy. Good one on you, Deanie. Good one on you. I bet there's recipes online for that, by the way. I always... There has to be be a point where Alfred hands Batman the chicken soup. Yeah, that's going to be great. So meanwhile, back on Hoth, in the cave of the Wampa Snow Monster... (laughs) Batman is hanging upside down as Mr. Freeze just scores left and right. At uh, best. Brandon, we haven't done as much of this yet, but I'd like to include a clip from this scene. Let's do it. Uh, this, this episode, we should do a bunch of clips. I in, just honestly. can't do it it's justice. So is this okay? So let's cut to Freeze and Batman in the Wampa Snow Monsters Cave. Here we go. The snow is beautiful, don't you think? Clean, uncompromising, and cold. Like the swift hand of vengeance. Even if you have to kill everyone in the building to do it. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh yes, I'd kill for that. So Freeze shows up at whatever the event is that ends these things, and there is this light comedy scene where a valet tries to park Freeze's ice mobile. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's cute, but it always sticks out to me. That's nice. They turn on the giant Freeze gun and freeze the entire building, but Batman shows up to stop them. And this is the moment where Mr. Freeze opens a fire hydrant, <laughs> freezes the water. I love this scene. And rides it up scene. a multi-story building and into an open like, window. Are you freaking kidding me? This is the coolest Ever, and I will bleep that. He's badass Iceman at this point. I mean, this is where you take a character who just you ran, you just did something with a 66. So and you start doing really cool crap with it. 
Yeah, if Arnold Schwarzenegger would have done that in the movie, I think that would at least give it some it cool kinda, points. There were some kind of moments where they used some freeze gun stuff, but... What did you think of his look in the movie, by the way? I didn't like it. Me either. Me either. He's like Buzz alien. Lightyear. The uh, alien, yeah. He's yeah. Buzz Lightyear, and it just doesn't doesn't work. You, you can't get, like, big, buffy buff man... You get a little frail man. Patrick Stewart would be perfect, and you put Patrick him. Patrick Stewart would be great. Yeah, and you put him in on that that thing. He's got thing. that Michael and Zara type voice, right? Too. And that way, when you see him later, and he's a frail little man, man it just works out perfectly. Freeze finally comes face to face with Boyle and has his "Remember Me" moment, and begins to freeze him. But Batman intervenes. Not a single save Ferris for me. I can tell you that much. Uh, if you stuck a lump of coal up this guy's ass in two weeks, you'd have a diamond. That's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> so I worked back to that. Fun uh, Ferris Bueller fact, by the way. Mark Hamill, uh, he, uh, the voice that he used for Ferris Bueller was modeled off of Phil Hartman's. Oh, I can see that. I can definitely see yeah, that. Yeah, he mentioned that in an interview once. So Batman and Freeze tussle. But then Batman works his hand into his utility belt Uh-oh. to grab not his batarang. Bangarang. But his bangarang, that, that would be, that, that's from Insert Hook. Rufio. Yeah, insert Rufio. But his already established chicken soup. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Alfred. Yes, and good for the soul, too. Batman cracks that canister against Freeze's dome, and it's mm-mm good. That guy goes down. <laughs> I pop for that one. And then the real bad guy goes down, Ferris Boyle. Probably one of the biggest assholes in the run of this show, am I right? Yeah, Ferris Boyle, by the way, not from the comics. Uh, he's only shown up in two things ever. He showed up. Here in this episode, Heart of Ice, and he showed up in one of the video games, briefly, the, that I believe included Joker. The, the flashback where you see him in video, and he's just like, it's all his fault. It is. The whole thing that happens to, fall, to, to Freeze is this well, guy's fault. That's one thing you notice uh, watching some of these episodes of Batman the Animated Series. The <laughs> villains, some of them are pretty sympathetic, and they're who they are because of some other... Frick. That's the best. And that's, that's the best. what's going on here. It's what's going to go on, on in next week's episode, too. Spoilers. So finally, we see Freeze in his air-conditioned cell. No suit. I bet it's cold in there. Bet it's cold. Just a frail little man. I love this scene so much. Again, with the snow glove of his beloved Nora. Now, again, I can't do this part in ju- part justice. You have I'd to like to play part. the scene if I could. Randall. I wish you could play the video of this scene, just because... this. The, the quote-unquote acting of Batman in the background is yes, one of my favorite things, away. which we'll get back. We'll get into that shortly here. But I absolutely love how he looks. He he looks at Mister Freeze. He starts to walk off, and then he looks back like he really, really feels for him. So here is the final scene of Heart of Glass. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's the final scene. Of I'm sorry. Th- did I ruin the mood? Do, do it again. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to turn down the Blondie song. And here we go. The final scene of Heart of Ice. I failed you. I wish there were another way for me to say it. But I cannot. I can only beg your forgiveness. And pray you hear me somehow, some place, some place where a warm hand waits for mine.
And Batman watches from afar and then off into the night, and it's a beautiful ending. It's so great. And it's what this show does so perfectly, and that is Heart of Glass. Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice, Blondie. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. The Blondie song. I, I just really just wanted to find a way to work the song into the podcast. That's, well, it worked. You can even play the song for like five seconds if you want. That's the idea. <laughs> Not 20, they'll get us for copyright. No! So, Heart of Ice, it's a lot of episode to kind of take in, but it's also an episode where we are going to talk a little bit about a little bit more in depth, so to say. Well, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah, but before we start unpacking the rest of the episode, let's talk about How Batman Begins. Alright, this is How Batman Begins. What do you think of the title card on Heart of Ice, Jimmy? Uh, snow falling. It's not, it's not really, is it, it's not really a, uh, like, a card this time. It's more of a transition. They, they pan off of it? Is that what they do? Yes, yes. Okay. So there's, like, there's snow falling... And it's kind of eerie. It's a little Burton-y, if you ask me. Um, kind of like Edward Scissorhands type thing going on. And it's just, it's more of a transition than like where the others feel like a cover mm-hmm. of a uh, film noir novella or something. Yes. This feels like cinema. Now, it, it starts on the snow falling in the snow globe. Is that how? That I think it's just snowfall. The it's snowfall. Just snowfall. Okay. okay. It's just snowfall. And it says uh, Heart of Ice, and mm-hmm. then it transitions to the snow globe. Yeah, it feels like a Bergman film, or it just has like a way about it that just immediately sucks you into it. I love it. What do you do? You like it? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's perfect for this, and it sets it apart from the cards that normally that they have there. Just, I, yeah, I just think it's perfect for this. And those shots of freeze where it's like his, they're the limited animation and just the eyes opening. It's just, per- and then you know, we'll talk about the dialogue here. And once again, this is the third episode out, and this is a kids' show, and it's just firing on all cylinders. It's yes. so really. Really great. And what's also really great is uh, a lot of the dialogue in this, so it's going to be hard to pick one, but holy speech bubble, Batman. What is your favorite quote from Heart of Ice? Well, I just I just think I played it. I played the ending speech. And the um, ending speeches. Yes, I failed you. I wish there's another way for me to say it. I thought you'd pick that one. That's I cannot. I, one. I can only beg your forgiveness and pray you hear me somehow, someplace. Some place where a warm hand waits for mine. I just, I, it's so good. I get a little emotional when I think about it. But there are so many lines. I get, I mean, you just have a free uh, playground to pick another one. What is your favorite one? So I figured you put that one because yeah. I love that one too. That one would be, for me, I have like one A and one B. That's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. The other one for me is the exact opposite. It's the first line of the entire episode it's this is how i shall always remember you he's holding the snow globe by the way yes. here surrounded by winter forever young forever beautiful rest well my love the monster who took you from me will soon learn that revenge is a dish best served cold it's so good. Ah, like even thinking about it even saying it right now at this computer desk with this microphone staring at me i'm getting chills my hair on my arms is raising I love the dialogue in this episode. It doesn't matter what he does. Oh, he's exonerated. It's so good. Because they're trying to keep him away from his Nora. And this is a children's cartoon. Yes. We're probably going to say that a lot on yes. every episode. Yeah. It just blows my mind. This sure in particular blows Jimmy's mom. is how, how deep you, you can get with, yes. this, with this character. It's just, it's so epic. I, I love it. 
But one thing we also love are the characters of Batman the Animated Series, and we are about to talk about who our favorite character of this episode is when we talk about Wait Till They Get a Load of Me. Wing Freak Terrorizes. Wait Till They Get a Load of Me. Wait Till They Get a Load of Me. Who is your favorite character of Heart of Ice, Jimmy? I, I doubt... There's a way that you and I have... Yeah, but say, I have no a, way it has we, to be the same. There's no way we have different It's answers. fair spoil. No, that's a joke. That is that is that is a joke. Take it back. That's sir. a joke. That was, I get a chilly reception of that joke. All right, we'll say it in three, two, one. Mr. Freeze. The, inter the, I mean, the interpretation of him in this literally changed like everything for the character in general. It made him a serious... Uh, par part of Batman's rogue galleries in the comics. It made him a serious par part of his rogue galleries in the movies, even. This episode changed everything for Mr. Freeze, and it's just perfect. The sequence of Batman watching the tape, uh, the, earnestness, the earnestness of Freeze trying to save his experiment, knowing who he was and what he's become, Conroy's reading of, my God, and then seeing Freeze at the door and the gun shooting to end the act, it's like, I get this guy. I don't always get the Joker or the Riddler, but I get this guy. And for me, there is no, we talked about this, there's no more sympathetic villain in the entire run of this show. It's hard to hate him. It you really can't. Is. And they knew that, so that's why Ferris like, Boyle is, is the real prick like, here. Like, everybody loves and gushes over the Joker. And, and, and we will love and gush over the Joker because he's one of the greatest characters of all time. But... There's so many things that he's done over the years in the cartoons and the comics and the movies that you hate that he did. And it, the Joker, point of the Joker is there is no point. Yeah, like, he's just the no Joker. Point. I get Mr. He, Freeze. Like, he likes to watch the world burn. Yeah. Mr. Freeze likes to watch it just, you know, cool. But still, Mr. Freeze is sympathetic. Joker is not. Even the Joaquin Phoenix version of Joker is, not, in my opinion, not sympathetic Because at all. we live in a society. Yeah, we live in a society. Thank you, Jared Leto. You're welcome. But yeah, I, I, I think this interpretation of Mr. Freeze is, in my opinion, the best uh, it's the best villain story in the entire no run of this, no of this show. And I think it's one of the best villain stories of all media. Uh, like, this is, I mean, can you blame him for what he's doing? He's just trying to get his love back. Do you have any secondaries? Like, if you, this is sort of pulling off this page, but... Do you have any secondary sympathetic villains? Two-Face to an extent? Two-Face to an extent. Um, yeah. I really feel like the animated series, especially with the Two-Face two-part, which I'm really looking forward to it's covering great. eventually. I mean, that ending when he sees what happened to him, it's really tragic. They say, uh, and we'll talk more about this when the episode comes, but like when they, they premiered that episode to like a group of people, and there mm -hmm. were like women crying in yeah. the audience. For, the reveal at the yeah, end. The reveal. Yeah, the reveal. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like Two-Face is fairly close, and they did an amazing job with Two-Face. They also changed his uh, look mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, I like, in the series, I like Mad Hatter, but I recently watched that with a lady in the room, and she was like, this is so problematic, because he's a really creepy guy. And he manipulates but Yeah, he manipulates the lady. Um and I, I understand that's problematic, but Very. like <laughs> she she should have known better. <laughs> like, like he has a flair of dra drama, and she's with this like zero kind of guy. Like this guy, not Mister Zero, it, not Mister Zero, but this guy is like nothing. This is the Mad Hatter. Look at the hat he has on. Yeah. So like he's not subtle. Yeah, and he just loves Alice, you know, yeah. and he loves Lewis Carroll. So it's like I don't I don't get that man. I don't get that at all. I'm all for. <laughs> 
Speaking of characters we don't... Take over a woman's <laughs> mind. Speaking of characters we don't quite get, uh, let's give away the Condiment King Award. The Condiment King Award goes to the character that you didn't really care for in the episode. Who gets the Condiment King Award for you? So far, these awards are going to be straight across the board. I have a feeling this one's going to be the same, too. In three, two, one... Ferris Boyle! That prick. What an ass... Man. Man, Mark Hamill, why did you have to play Ferris Boyle? Well, he's a perfect. Oh, he's, he's great. Perfect voice, and you said he's doing. He, he's Hartman. doing. He's doing Hartman. That's perfect. He's great, but like this, this character is just. I feel like it's wasting Mark Hamill's talent. Granted, at the time, no one knew that he was going to be the best Joker yes. of all time or whatever. But this this character is just. Not good enough for Mark Hamill, and that's why I put him on here. And like I said, everything is pretty much his fault. He does get his just desserts. I like Batman's ending. Yeah. Let's see, you know, good night, humanitarian or whatever. Oh, did, by the way, uh, at the end, does Batman just leave him frozen? Yeah, he does. He just so, leaves him frozen. Well, we need to talk about he that. He doesn't take him back to the back to he take him hot. He just, like, no. leaves him there. You remind me of the end of uh, Unleather Wings, where yeah. he just was just like, okay, Man Bat's fine. We're not going to send him to the hospital or therapy. It's just over. Please. Why don't his legs crumble? Yeah. That yeah. would be the character whose legs could just crumble. And, and like he has no... I have no legs. This, this might no legs. be their film noir thing maybe here, but he's just kind of left there. And you're like, okay, what happens? I'm before? sure he, he was doesn't come to back to the show. He doesn't come back to the no. show. He comes back like for a video game. And that's about it. Speaking of awards, let's get nuts. Because we're going to give out the let's get nuts. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. What is your favorite moment of Heart of Ice, Jimmy? Brandon, Mr. Or you can you can mention multiple ones. Brandon, Mr. Freeze rides a fire hydrant into a building. That's one of mine. That's one There's of mine. There's just nothing cooler it's than such, that. It's so badass. He just kicks it off and just freezes it and rides up in the air. There's and the, just nothing cooler than that, man. And the way it's animated in 1992 yeah. still holds up in 2021, where it's just like, oh. That's cool. It has a Jackie Chan way about it. He's just like, I want to use what I've got. I got this freeze gun. Perfect way to just use that. To I, I know it doesn't hit to propel mm -hmm. himself up the air. I'm not going to sit here and try to make sense of the of gravity. Oh no, no, we're not physics professors. No, 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 no. But it's just so that, that freaking whole, cool. The battle in the third act is act is one of my yeah. favorite moments for sure. Uh, there's also a part around that where Batman just throws a punch without looking and he gets it a henchman. Yeah, out of nowhere, I just. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it was just a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, freeze, uh, freeze busting the water pipe and freezing it is on here. But my absolute favorite scene is definitely the final scene where uh, Mr. Freeze is just kind of, you know, talking in his jail cell and Batman looks from afar and then he turns around and he turns back. As you can tell that he really feels bad for Victor. It's a scene that when, when you get older... It affects yes. you even yes. more. So, yeah. I didn't, yeah. Like, I've watched this episode, like, a hundred times, and that didn't really affect... That scene did not affect me until uh, when I watched it for the first time on HBO Max. It had mm -hmm. been, like... It had been over a decade since I've seen it, and I was just like, wow, that's just... That's powerful. This was this man's life. Yeah. And he has to live... I mean, he's still probably middle-aged. He has to live with it forever. Yeah. And, and now just, in jail. It's just yeah. really... It's just such so powerful and hits you... So much harder the older you get. Of, wow. This is a children's show. Take a drink. Wow. That's my own so, <laughs> It's just so captivating. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes me sad that they didn't bring him back for more episodes. But How could, I mean, really, it's like, what well, more could you do? I think that was the problem. Well, that was the, that was, uh, the thing. I, I looked into it a little bit. 
And this goes with the Clayface episode for later. The reason they didn't want to do more Mr. Freeze episodes was because so much was said yes. in Heart of Ice where they were like, well, we can't really improve on this. It's a three-act so, story, and there's really no where else you Like, you can make a Batman movie off that episode alone. Yeah. It's, yeah, the episode's like 22 minutes, but you can make that into a two-hour film. And, and Warner Brothers, listen to what we yeah. just said. Like, yeah. it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Per- it's perfect. It yeah. really is. So, we talk about our, our favorite moment. What is the Martha moment for you in Heart of Ice? Martha, why did you say that name? Oh, stop! Please, please. Why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. The Martha moment, for those who don't know, is your least favorite moment of the episode, which this episode, Heart of Ice, is pretty damn near perfect. But what is the Martha moment for you? And I do have one and only one. I have one. It's a vague reference. I mentioned it in my go-through at the beginning. I wonder if we have this. And also in the commentary... Paul Dini was like, eh, it's kind of a cheap thing. It would be the car keys moment. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's it's cute that uh, keys, and he, you know, to, a cute moment with Mr. Freeze where some little valet just wants to get the keys. Yeah. Um, and Dini was like, yeah, we needed some levity, and that seemed about right. It's fine, but I just, watching it again, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a little too cutesy for me. So that's all I got. I mean, otherwise, it's a perfect episode. My favorite, my least favorite part is the part that I think you said you loved earlier. <laughs> So, I'm sorry in advance. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Freeze. No. Mr. Freeze. Well, well it, I hate that. It's... No, the reason I put this as my Martha moment was that was the one part of the whole episode. So I love the whole episode. Yeah. But that's the one ep- part of the episode where, where I groaned out loud. It, it's like, it's oh, comic book. no. Movie. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I'm, like I said, a huge comic book fan, but there's times where I'm reading a comic book and I'm just like, no, don't, no, don't do that trope. I, I think it's Conroy's reading a freeze that feels it, it feels weird. It feels uh, kind of frozen in a way. If yeah, it feels weird. No and pun the, freeze kind of saves it with his, that's messed up freeze. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Freeze like, is like rendition of his good, but yeah, it, it's, but it's, it's very it's stiff delivery. when Conroy goes, you free. Yeah, it's it, it feels like a. Setup. It's like he's setting it up. He's yeah, setting yeah, it up, yeah, and it yeah. feels very evident. It's like they that they rehearsed it before they got yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. And that's why it's my Martha moment. I I really am grasping at straws because it's like I said, it's a, the perfect episode in my opinion. But yeah, that would be my Martha moment. So, um. The question there is a question I have for you. Uh huh. Now, when you watched this originally, like back when you were thirteen, full of vengeance, did you think that Nora was alive in this episode? Like, do you think she's just frozen in uh, what do they call that? The I don't want to say chiropractic, like a stasis. It's it's yeah, it's I forget the word of it. It's a chirogenic. Yeah, she's in a chirogenic stasis, which that's that becomes the continuity eventually. But at this time, it was kind of uh, up to your interpretation. Well, did you think she was alive? The only time we see her, other than the snow globe, is in the flashback, right? Yeah. In the video footage, we yeah. see her. We don't even see her. We you, see like a shadow of her in the tube. Yeah. Correct. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If uh, just taking this episode into account, not future episodes, not Sub Zero, not Batman and Robin, not the comic books. When you watch this episode, do you think Nora Freeze is alive? It's hard because I, I, I've i seen other media, yeah. and looking back, I'm just like, but from this episode, 
we never see her like just like a tube with her in it in the in the current timeline. Yeah. So maybe she's already dead. So maybe? that's what I'm bringing this up for. Okay. So according to Bruce Tim, uh, Nora was supposed to be dead the mm-hmm. entire time, which um, it, it was never stated. It was just kind of implied. They wanted to remain ambiguous because they wanted to keep the censors at bay, of course. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Tim's original idea was that Nora Freeze was dead, which I, I always thought she was in that stasis, too. Yeah. And it's revealed later, especially in the Sub-Zero movie, that she is alive. And they do that in the comics mm-hmm. and everything, pretty much. But as I was saying earlier, Tim was more involved with Superman the Animated Series at right. this particular point in time. And to this day, he's still, like, really, really kind of mad about that uh, creative mm-hmm. decision. Because he wanted, his idea was she was dead the entire time, and he was obsessing over a corpse. What do you think of that outlook? Do you think he was right by t- with that idea, or do you like what everybody else did with the idea better? Um, I, I what do I think of that? Um, I think it, it, It's a loaded question, that's... I I like well the fact that he hasn't has he not processed the death. See that's what that's what Bruce Tim's kind of like inferring that he hasn't processed it. He's obviously has issues about it because in the episode there is no. It's not like he's collecting pieces to save yeah, her yeah. like in the well, Batman, which is what he's film. doing in uh, in like Sub Zero and later. Yeah, and it's stuff. just it seems like he's avenging. Yeah, um, but there's no like, and he needs the freeze gun to yeah. freeze the building. Yeah, but the, kind of the idea is he's not letting go, but the body's literally right there. Yeah, but did they lab. show the body like they, in, in the future time in the, in the present? Time I thought she was in like a water lab thing. I know she's in that in the second episode. He shows up in like. Because in three or whatever. in Batman and Robin, Schwarzenegger is standing in front of Vendela in yeah. the tube, and that and that's the what's kind of you know that's been set up from everywhere else post yeah. post part of it. I think the only time we see we see the snow globe and we see the flashback where she's she's in a tube, but like while he's in his current la- layer, yeah, do we see her? I thought we did, but I'm not I'm not sure. I might be letting my impressions of the other appearances affect that. Because there's no mention of she has some kind of disease or something yeah. that he's trying to cure. It's yeah, just which like, it, it's can- it, in the in the books it's cancer. It's a yeah. it's a weird like rare type of cancer that's not real. I mean, in the, in the flashback, he's obviously doing something, and yeah. then Ferris Bueller comes in and, and messes everything up. You just say Ferris Bueller comes uh, in. Ferris Bueller comes oh. in and messes everything up. <laughs> I insert the Ferris Bueller. I heard on. that you were feeling ill, fever, <laughs> and a chill. Can we just I talk the about who likes to? Can we talk about how hot Jennifer Grey is? But Jennifer Grey did something to her face. She doesn't look like Jennifer Grey anymore. Oh, is... oh, she, yeah, yeah. And Why she also Jennifer divorced Ray... Clark Gregg. Oh, no, Coulson? They, yeah, she divorced him last year, actually. Why wasn't he in Endgame? Isn't that weird? Well, that's because the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s uh, like storyline kind of made things weird. Oh, no. They brought him back from the dead, then he died, and then he was a robot or something. It just feels incomplete. It was one of those things where they were just like, you know what? Everybody's going to be confused by this. By what if she was just up in the window, like in that house, like looking out? You just want Steve Rogers to show up next week. I'm I don't. I, just, I feel that will happen. But looking back, I was like, it feels weird that Clark Gregg is not here anywhere. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen a picture of him. Yeah. Or he's watching from the inside. Like they show 
uh, Mace Windu standing there at the thing. Maybe like Clark lags up on the window. I like how we got from here from Jennifer. Gray. I don't know how we got to this. Jennifer Gray, don't mess up your face anymore. Like you had a great nose, and I was a fan of it. But you look different now, and I loved you, Jennifer Gray. I did. I won't use this part. Insert hungry ass. Yeah, but you're just said. such a bitch to, to Matthew Broderick, and I loved you for it. And also, you made Charlie Sheen cool. Yeah, that, she's like, um, why don't you put your thumb up your butt? <laughs> I will use this part. I love you, Jennifer Gray. Don't mess with your face anymore. <laughs> we love you, Jennifer Clark Gray. Greg, you were a lucky man. I hope you got you to were, keep, you were. I hope you got you to were. keep the face that they, that they left. And you get to keep Jennifer Gray's old face. Anyway. But we digress. We digress. I um I do like the fact that he just hasn't let go and, and, and that there's no way of saving Nora Freeze. Do you think she should be dead or not? I think she should be dead. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really dark, yeah. and I like that. I, I like idea. that. I like that now as an older person, where it's like you just yeah. can't let go of it. You know? Yeah. He literally cannot let her body yeah. go. Even. Right. Right. So here we're doing a new grade. No, wait, do we have any bonus facts? Oh, I did all of them earlier. Oh, you did. I have yeah. some bonus facts. I'll jump in. So real quick before we get into our new grading stuff, I have some bonus facts. So there are a few instances in this episode. Of the Kerlin Escar sound effect, which is named after an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, it's like okay. the most cliched sound of a vase or a vase breaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I use it a lot of my videos, and you can hear that a few times in the episode when uh, uh, Batman smashes the chicken noodle soup against uh, Freeze's dome. You hear the Kerlin Escar sound effect. That's cool. um, yeah, it's just this off the shelf like vase breaking uh, that you can hear. So I did. It's funny whenever I hear it, I have to note, hey, there's a Kerlin Escar sound it's effect. It's like when you hear the Wilhelm scream. It's kind of like the Wilhelm, yeah. So I mentioned this earlier when Batman says, my God, while watching the tape, uh, which was unusual in a cartoon. Yes, yes, I uh, agree. The censors considered any mention of religion uh, an expletive inappropriate. It's uh, a no-go. Uh, Bruce Tim on the DVD commentary did mention that they cut that out sometimes when it was on Toon Disney. They cut out the, my God. And also they cut out Frieza's, I'd kill for that. So those two really? points were cut out. Apparently so. That's what uh, I don't think that's that bad. I don't either. So, Jimmy, tell me about the new grading system we're going to do here on Almost Got on the podcast about Batman the Animated Series. So, I don't remember what we did previously because by the time we get to these... Uh, we were just doing letter grades. Okay, I'm usually so drunk by the time we get to these <laughs> end of the commentaries. I don't even know how we grade them. I guess they were stars or numbers? So, uh, they were originally letter grades like a... Like regular, oh, like, right, 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 right. Like right. school grades. Like school. But we, we do want to change it up. We want to make it interesting. We thought about like doing five... Uh, like how many out of five bats, but I think we're going to do something a little bit more unique for each episode. For each episode, let's pick something uh, to grade. So this episode, unquestionable. Uh, if it were stars, it would be five stars. Bats, five bats. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be five out of five thermoses of Alfred's homemade chicken soup for me. I say five out of five. I am also going to say five out of five. Of on this course. This is, there is only maybe three or four... Episodes that are going to get five out of five, whatever we use for our rating system. But this is probably my favorite episode. As we go along, I might change my mind, but as of right now, Heart of Ice is the epitome of the perfect episode. And that's coming from a show called Almost Got Em, which will also get five out of five when we get there down the road. But yes, five out of five chicken soups from uh, Alfred Thermoses. From me as well. That's me wanting to insert Blondie one last time before we end this particular uh, gushing. 
I've always podcast. Went, I've always wanted to insert Blondie myself. I just don't know if I can use that part. <laughs> but you've gotten to this. You've gotten this far. You've gotten this far. So you've, you know you've gone this far into the dark night with us. Tonight. You've waited into our filth this far. So yeah. step in it, my friend. I'm. I'm glad y'all stuck around, even though this episode was a total love fest. We didn't really criticize that much. Trust me, we'll we'll get back to that in other episodes. But Heart of Ice is just so special to myself as well as Jimmy. It's just really perfect piece of like cartooning ever. Yes, Brandon, and thank you, you very much. Do you, do you have any final thoughts on Heart of Ice? Uh, final thoughts? I think we pretty much gushed all we can about this particular episode. Yeah, I'm and, gushed out, um, man. How it has affected us. And, um, yeah, by the way, uh, this is our podcast. So, um, you can probably go to these many places you listen to podcasts and yeah, you we're... can like click like, and you can give us five stars. Like, and subscribe. You can say, I like this stuff. And I want to hear these guys talk about more episodes of this dopey show from 30 years ago. So please help us out and uh, get it out there. Cause we're just having fun. Really? It's what we you know, what you do with the you know, internet. Yeah, we're not getting paid for this. So much negativity on the internet. So we're just sitting here gushing over this cartoon show. Um, that's that's how you go. That's how we roll, man. Yeah, like, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere, from, to, to my knowledge. So just do that. We've got some fun stuff coming up uh, next week. Actually, there will be something really cool coming up on oh. Facebook, which I think you guys will like. And then just uh, come back next week. We're Join us where we're going to talk about part one and part two. Of Feats of Clay, where we meet the evil Clayface for the first time. And once again, I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brandon. And podcasts are a dish best served cold. This has been Almost God, a podcast about Batman the Animated Series. Cool party. Ice. Thank you for listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. Anyone else want to go?